Hey, welcome back to the Bill Bennett Show. It is thoughtful conversation about the news of the day. We address the existential threats to America, and believe me, there are plenty. Joining me today is Joel Farkas. He is a director of the American Strategy Group. I'm a fellow of the American Strategy Group here in Washington. Important uh, thing, I'm so glad you're in town, Mr. Farkas. Uh, Joel, uh, and you had breakfast this morning with the chairman of the subcommittee on China, Mike Gallagher. A lot of attention to Mike in, in this town, which I'm very pleased to see because, as you know, we know him, I know him, uh, and I got a lot of a lot of confidence in him and hope for him. And uh, tell us what you can about the breakfast. I know you can't tell us all. First of all, it was wonderful to meet him. And, you know, when you go to a breakfast like this, you have all these things that you'd like to discuss and say. And what I found is he's very bright and he's very pragmatic and practical. I spent a lot of time listening to him because he knows his subject and he knows what to do about it. And you add that to his passion and fervent interest. And what is what is the subject? It's defending America. And he takes the threats seriously it's not hyperbolic it's not you know it's not just hysterical it is a very very well thought out serious threat as to what to do also and he's also extremely curious um and and, and so that's the preamble of what i got out of the breakfast there's some wonderful things that we did discuss but i I would tell all of my um, all of my friends that um that are conservative and republican my friends that are democrat listen to this man he's quite a bright fellow it does seem to me two things have happened that matter. Mike Gallagher has taken on the chairman of that subcommittee, as chairman of that subcommittee on China. And there does seem to be a greater recognition in the country about China and what a danger it is. A percentage of people perceiving China as a major threat to the U.S. is, is up. I give Donald Trump a lot of credit for that. Um, you know, he was the one who kept saying China. Talking about the Chinese virus, looks like he was right. But there does seem to be a greater appreciation of the danger of China. Are you finding that in in your world? I am finding it in the entire country and the entire world. But in this country, yes, there's rarely a conversation I'll have. And this is not a political ideology. This is not Republican, Democrat. There's rarely a conversation I have that someone doesn't talk about our pharmaceuticals being, the elements being put in manufactured pharmaceuticals coming from China. Very few people wonder why we should have all of our semiconductors over in Taiwan that China would like to take over. Very few people that see the, 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 the logic in having people like John Kerry defend China when yeah. the bill to prohibit some of their their exports because of their decimation and torture of Uyghurs makes any sense. And these things are just piling up. And and then what happens is when when we look at, okay, these are the issues, what do we do about it? Then then that becomes the controversy. Are we going to go to war with China? Are we going to not go to war? And these are just these are just polarizing discussions. There's no curiosity, no interest, no thought behind what to do about something, let alone recognize what is happening. And and that's the thing that gets most people frustrated because we feel powerless. I can tell you that yep. after having a, a brief breakfast with Congressman Gallagher, I have a renewed renewed optimism in the direction of our country. And I would also say to any any of my friends who would want to go and meet someone like him or people that are colleagues of his and try to dictate and tell them what to do, I would recommend they just listen first because mm-hmm. you know what? 
I'm sure you're very successful, but you know this guy knows what he's talking about. He he, yeah. he knows what to do. Well, that's very encouraging. That's very encouraging. Let's, let's talk about China. I mean, I, I've wondered this. We know that uh, when a lot of people, young people, go out on the street for their Percocet or Vicodin, increasingly they find that there's fentanyl in these street pills. I haven't heard a satisfactory answer to my question. Since China makes so many of the things that go into our regular medicines, you know what's coming here, Joel. What keeps them from putting fentanyl in the Tylenol or the aspirin or whatever it is, the precursors? Well, nothing does, but you know, China's pretty good at what they do. I mean, we we might yeah. we might we should fear them because their objective is to hurt us, but they're also good at it. And so, there's nothing that precludes them from doing what you just said. But here's what they are doing: our neighbor to the south, Mexico. You know, we we have cartels that are killing Americans now, which you know we know that it's an unsafe place, and cartels have a dominant position. Well, the conversation is centered around the cartels and what do we do with them? I mean, China manufactures all this and puts them through Mexico. China yeah. effectively has a de facto cooperative relationship with, with our southern terrorists. And yet not one person is saying, let's add that to the list of why we should be opposing what is going on between us and China. I mean, yeah, do I, I'm not, I don't want this to sound like I'm supporting cartels, but for Pete's sake, let us look at the entire problem in total and this is your expertise, Bill. You you did this, and you are familiar with, well, I guess we can use an economic term, the supply chain. I mean, that's a nice little phrase we like to talk about. You're familiar with how these things work and the process and what you do to impede or impair or eliminate or stop this process. But we don't have adults, you know, talking about it. I mean, some of the most extreme children in our in our elected official fiefdom are ta- still talking about, well, you know, it's not a border issue. Okay, you want to change the subject to the border and what you hate about or don't like or do like about our, our secure borders? Can we at least agree that China is manufacturing these elements and distributing them through Mexico and killing more than 100,000 kids a year? And it's been increasing. Can we at least agree on that? Yeah, well, this is a little bit like the old thing about, you know, you lose your wallet up in Harlem, but you look for it in Times Square because the light's better, you know. Uh, uh, anyway, but, but um, you know, the light's better there. Well, it's Mexico. It's right there. We can bomb these cartels. Well, we can do a lot about that. But, yes, the problem is China. And you compliment me, I think, unduly in terms of well, I know this. I know some of it. I know what the problem was. I know the cocaine problem. And I know that we had to go to, technical term, I guess, the source country, right? Colombia. And we did. And we did successfully. Uh, I did in the 80s. I was there. And then in the 90s, uh, Pablo Escobar captured and killed. And uh, everybody credits the Colombians. But a little, little assist to the, a little more than a little assist to the Delta Force, who were also involved. The China thing is bigger and harder, and uh, it's got a lot of angles, and you don't want to get into World War Three, right? Right. But, um, you know, if you got into World War Three with Colombia, it wouldn't be World War Three. So it's different, but you're absolutely right. It is the source of these things. And I wonder if you think public opinion, although it was moving toward in this direction anyway against China, I wonder if it inched up three or four or five points as the evidence has become clearer and clearer uh, that this uh, this virus was likely made in a laboratory. I think it's getting clearer and clearer. 
What's also unassailable is the effort to suppress the information that would make it clearer and suggest that it came from a laboratory in Wuhan, China. So, I, I mean, that's unassailable. There's no doubt that that suppression existed. I guess the Democrats, if it were voter suppression, they'd care. But virus suppression doesn't seem to matter. Well, I think we've come a distance. You've got some Democrats admitting to it. And you've got the FBI and parts of the State Department saying that's where it was. Uh, so <clears throat> that's good. And I think pretty soon it's going to be close to unanimous. Then then the question is what to do. And I think the effort there is a lot of fronts. But it's a large and complex problem. And it's got big financial dimensions to it, does it not? Not just that they're making money and the cartels are making money, but our, our relationship to China is a complex financial relationship, but actually they may, that may give us some leverage. Do I understand that correctly? It is complex, but it can, it's also very simple. The reason finance discussions is simple is it's all it's, it is about is money. It's not about ideology. It's not about emotion. It's not about any of this stuff. It's money. Uh, what do we know of four, three to six trillion dollars of investment by Americans through funds and Wall Street and banks? Three to six trillion dollars are invested in China. Now, would we ever allow an American company to invest that amount of money in something that is doing what China is doing, whether it's Uyghurs, fentanyl, um, controlling semiconductors or attempting to, being the largest produce user of coal annually than every other country in the world combined. Even NPR came out last year with an article saying it's shocking what China is doing. They're, they're constructing new, right now, new coal-fired plants in China. Yeah to handle their energy. If an American company did that, the ESG requirements, which is a phony made-up construct, would cause the board of directors of every public company to cease that operation. And yet, now ESG compels people to invest in China. Why? Because they say they're building a bunch of solar panels. If you listen to John Kerry again, we love China. They're building solar panels. Well, they're killing yeah. their citizens, and they're also using more coal and building more coal-fired plants than anybody in the world. But yet, you're allowed to invest in China to comply with ESG requirements, yet everything they do is the worst offender of anybody in the world by a massive amount. So, yes, now, we, know, we, we, we can talk about what we cannot do in the threat, but the, the, the really interesting point in talking with someone as bright as Congressman Gallagher is he's focused on what we can do, and there's a lot we can do. You mentioned earlier, no one wants to get into World War III with China and their cooperation with Russia and everybody else. When all you have is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. You don't have to talk about getting into World War III. We are still, the United States of America is still the largest financial market in the world. We have the ability to use our strengths. Our media is not our strength. Our elected officials aren't necessarily our strength. But our financial construct in this world is our strength. And we darn well ought to start using it and and compel, not restrict or, or retard the, the, the financial investment abilities in this country to go to, go to places like China, but, but go ahead and invest in America. Manufacture pharmaceuticals here, semiconductors. But let me interrupt before you invest in America. What you're saying is you got to pull this money out of China. So you got to so tell the, what, Blackstone yeah. to get out of China? You're going to tell the NBA to get out of China? What I'm going to tell them is don't lecture America 
about why their investments are appropriate when they're not. Chinese companies get to list their companies on our stock exchanges. Yeah. There isn't anybody, if you, if you put in all these Blackstone and, and, and Apple and all these people, uh, J.P. Morgan and everybody, you put them in front of a subcommittee and say, do you actually know the disclosure and the activities of these companies that have raised money in the United States, accessed our capital markets? Are there, are there disclosure and, 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 and regulatory um, compliance anywhere close to what an American company has to, has to adhere to? The answer would be if they, if they had a candor would be, of course not. So don't allow it. Why, why would we allow it when we don't allow our own com- companies to do this? Why can you have no transparency, no disclosure? You can go ahead and kill your population. And yet, I mean, for God's sakes, Wal- Walgreens can't even operate in California any longer because the governor decided they're trying to comply with other state laws having to do with the abortion pill. So what did the governor of California do? He said, no more Walgreens. We're not going to do business with them. You're done. But the wow. funny part yeah. about it is there's no pharmacy in the country that isn't doing what Walgreens is already doing. So who in the world yeah. is California going to get their, their, their medicine from? Yeah. Maybe they'll just yeah. cut a deal directly with China. That's, I, I actually, that's, that's what I think. I think Governor Newsom should just fly on over to President Xi in Beijing and say, you know what, we kicked out Rite Aid, we kicked out Walgreens, we kicked, every, we kicked out um, you know, uh, Walmart, Amazon. We don't like it, but we like you. Now, that's so silly, of course, but the point is, what can we do? We can. We don't have to tell Blackstone and BlackRock and all these people and Goldman Sachs, get out of China. We can tell them, do business with people who have to, there's, there's some balance Forget about the hypocrisy. Do business with people that have to follow the same rules and regulations that you compel others to do. By the way, don't set up ESG-related companies and profit from them when ESG is nonsense. Tell the audience what ESG is real quickly. Environmental social governments, which means every board meeting, they have to say, how am I complying with environmental issues, social issues, and governance. Governance is, everyone knows what environmental and social means. Governance is something else. That is, how are you disclosing what you're, you're, you're doing and how are you reporting it and, and how transparent are you? And that is, that is the little, dirty little secret of ESG. It's the G. And the G yeah, is, okay. whatever it is you do, you're going to be in trouble. But China, it, with the World Trade Organization admission, is okay. Well, we have just okay. normalized nonsense. All right, let's come back to this now. You shouldn't invest there because you can invest here. Why not invest here and don't invest there? Go ahead and invest ahead. there only if they comply with the things that we agree they should okay. comply with. I mean, what, Whole Foods Whole Foods produces a lot of their organic foods, and it's grown in China. We don't have FDA inspectors in China. We have yeah. third-party people who inspect organic foods for Whole Foods. Whole Foods, my gosh. Darling of the liberals. Okay. It's a long way from shifting investment, shifting money, when in fact, if you even say this, if you're part of this world, you will get shouted down. Well, who is the NBA guy, Claude or Joel? In Houston. Houston. Um, Houston Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey. He spoke up against uh, China, right, about best NBA being in China. He got nailed for it. So far from pulling the NBA's money out, he just said, maybe we shouldn't do this. He actually said, maybe we ought to discuss it, I think is all he said. This is an issue we should discuss. So we're, we're a ways away. Well, yeah, although 
Go ahead. Maybe we should apply the the same standard of allowing sports to be, because sports is supposed to be this ubiquitous thing that brings us all together, and we shouldn't put bring our politics into sports. So I think what we ought to do is apply the same standard to the Live Golf Tour. Um, why is that? Why is that such an hysterical issue when Nike? Yeah. Forget about LeBron James and everybody else. What about Nike? Uh, all the athletes they make a lot of money going with the NBA and stuff. Does anyone have any idea how much Nike makes over there? China. Oh, okay. the, we, we, you know, our, my, it's easy to go ahead and target the athletes. But what about the companies? The companies are the ones who really drive this. They're the ones who pay the athletes. Why is that okay? And then why? I mean, these are just questions. Why is the Live Golf Tour so hysterically? I'm not saying I support it. I don't support it. But why is it such a big deal? It's a pittance compared to what the NBA does. You mean the opposition to this Live Golf Tour? Is that what you mean? Yeah. And again, yes, but people are I'm getting hysterical. I just want to finish uh, the sentence, yeah. the, the thought. People are getting hysterical about the Live Golf Tour, a lot of golf fans and organizations, but not hysterical about what we're doing in China, and it's a pittance. It's funny to talk about Saudi Arabian money as a pittance, but it really is here, isn't it? It's a pittance. But worse, and this is the last time I'll bring up John Kerry, John Kerry, because they make a few solar panels, thinks it's okay to be the largest user of coal yeah. in every other country in the world. And, and then and we're beating up some golfers who signed a contract for live. Good grief. Let's come home. You are, uh, Walgreens example is, is still sitting in my head in California, but let's talk about the United States. And let's talk about doing business in the United States. You are a very successful businessman in the United States. Just focus our conversation for a few minutes on doing business and the differences in the United States. My son tells me you've just been in, I don't know, I know your whirlwind schedule. Colorado, Texas, Florida, elsewhere. Tell us about doing business in different states in the United States and what we can learn from it and what the differences are. We can learn that... We have 19,000 municipal jurisdictions, 50 states, and we have this opportunity to do things differently here. We don't need a federal piece of federal legislation. And what? Um, let's look at housing for a moment. We can get away from semiconductors and fentanyl and pharmaceuticals. You do housing, housing. right? You build housing, right? Yep. Develop communities and build, build housing. Housing is the single largest purchase most Americans will ever make in their life. It's also the, the single largest monthly expenditure that Americans have. So we have 50 states. We do about 1.6 million residential permits per year in the country. Almost 500,000 of those, almost a third, are in two states, Florida and Texas. Texas is number one. Florida is number two. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. 500,000 of those are in Florida and Texas. 270,000 or so are in Texas, 210,000 or so are in Florida. <laughs> to put it in perspective, California is the largest, most populous state in the United States. They do about 110,000. And most of the other ones, like Arizona, Colorado, they're about 40 or 30, 40, 50,000 up and down. Way more than half of them do somewhere between 20, 10 and 20,000 permits per year. So when you look at what we can do, I think everyone knows the ideology of most elected officials in Florida and Texas. But also, this is not ideological. People have been abandoning these miserable cities and miserable states where it's unsafe, not clean. By 
environmentalists, for God's sake, you think New York is clean and L.A. is clean? San Francisco is clean? It's inv- I mean, it, San, San Francisco is a toxic waste dump. So people have determined if they have families and kids and they want to be near their parents, all the, thing, the, the themes that we know people pursue, they're not going to raise them in those places. And, and it's not an opinion. All I have to do is look at the data. A third of the entire permits are in these two states. But let me ask you this. To what degree are those large numbers in Texas and Florida a function of where people want to go? That is their, you know, their, their interest in going. And to what extent are those large numbers a function of how those states operate and their oh. friendliness toward those housing permits? Most of it, virtually all of it, is the latter, what you just said. To give you an example, I can start with a negative first. The Colorado legislature has a bill that they're considering right now to restrict oil and gas production and industrial production, restrict gas lawnmowers, encourage public transportation to restrict driving during the quote-unquote ozone season. Now, I'm sure no one's ever even heard of that phrase, the ozone season. The ozone season is generally March to October. It snows in Colorado. So the only time you can do any of these things is when it's snowing and you can't do it. Now, why are, how are they selling this bill? They're saying, they're saying to people, are you against tran- public transportation? We should encourage it. Are you against dirty air? We should encourage it. I mean, they go through all these things. about. And, but the bottom line is they are making it so re- the regulatory environment so impossible. And by the way, this bill has a chance of passing. Because the, the Democrats have a supermajority in Colorado. There's a very good chance of passing. Back to what you can do. You go to Florida or Texas. You get permits and you get approvals in months, months. You go to Colorado and California. It takes years. It's by design. These people are not stupid. They want this to happen. So where do you get a home? You know, a home in California is 800000 to $2 million. A home in Colorado is 700000 to $1 million. You go to Florida, Texas, it's three to $400,000, maybe five hundred. It's safe. Schools are good. It's clean. People have jobs, by the way. These companies aren't going to expand their operations or even keep their operations in states that want to re- restrict them from doing any of these activities wow. through the newest thing I've ever heard, ozone season. And by the way, to your point earlier, if you're one of those people who speak out against this, that means you, you want people to drive more, you hate public transportation, you want dirty air, and you want the chemicals that are in ozone to kill your kid. That's how you're branded. Yeah. Is it still the case in Florida? You get like there's 210,000 housing permits in Florida still? Yeah, that was 2022. My funny is because I talked to Governor DeSantis not long ago, and I said, I have friends who want to move to Florida. He said, hey, sorry, we're all filled up. No room at the end. (laughs) But he was making a joke, right? But the flow is there. Uh, And the flow is there not just because people want to be there, but they can get there, right? And they can afford it. They can. And I want to add, the senators in in Colorado who's introducing this ozone Mm -hmm season bill. I want to read to you a quote, Senator Bacon. The problem is we've gone as far as we can without dying. We have no more room in our air. We just don't. Now, does that sound inviting? No, but and I've been in Colorado, you know. 
back when I didn't have a cough, I climbed 35 of those 14,000 foot peaks. The air seemed pretty good to me. It seemed like there was a lot of room. You didn't know you were there. It was killing you. You had no idea. <laughs> I thought it was some of the best air I've ever had. People are going to Florida and Texas because they want to raise their families, their families, their parents. Um, by the way, the housing that gets built in these states, they have these wonderful mother-in-law suites. I mean, you have a home, and, and they're now being designed so that you have a, a room, a living area, and a kitchenette in the, in the house with the family in case you have, you know, uh, whether it's grandparent or in-laws or whatever. People are, are or the families are living together. They're not putting them in little tiny houses somewhere in some bizarre place. This is by design. This is an accommodating, open, thoughtful way to bring families, both existing, you know, mother, uh, husbands, wives, their kids, um, but parents and grandparents together. This is, this is the, this is what is happening in the United States, but it's not happening in New York or Washington or, or, or California. It's happening in Florida and Texas. Am I hearing this right? This is, in a way, the reinvention of the extended family? Yes. The multi, multi-generational family? Yes. Yes. And, and this, these are uh, not all corporate you know, CEOs, are, are, which I rail on, are, are, you know, have these ideologies. What are, what are they doing? They are responding to what people tell them they want. This is not their creation. They're not selling someone on this. People want this, and they provide what they want. I asked uh, 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 one of the CEOs of a major public builder. Uh, we're, we're in Orlando, which is the home of Disney. And I said, so what, what is your opinion of uh, what happened with Disney and the, and the CEO and their district, their special district? Because everyone's got an opinion of whether Governor DeSantis is right or wrong to do what he did. And he was saying, what in the world was a CEO thinking to get out of what they're doing to decide to get into this issue? He said, he said something that, I'll never forget. The only thing, if I were a board member, the only thing I would regret is I could only fire him once. <laughs> yeah, why do you? Why does Minnie Mouse have to go into a pantsuit? Huh? <laughs> why does Disney turn to gender fluidity? Why? Why do this? You have the you have the greatest thing going in the world. I mean, did you take your girls to Disneyland or Disney World? Oh, sure, sure, I did. Was a big deal. Even conservatives will say, well, Governor DeSantis maybe oversteps his bound. This is freedom, and you shouldn't get involved in corporations. My response to my conservative friends who told me that was, in almost every state I, I do business, the Democrat legislature is trying to figure out not only how to stop me, but stop the entire creation of special districts, public finance districts for public improvements. They're trying to stop it and cease it by legislation. So you're sitting there complaining about Governor DeSantis on this one isolated case, and yet every other per- place that I do business, the focus is get rid of him completely. My answer would be I'd like to go to the state legislatures and say, uh, my application is really simple. I want what Disney has. Whatever Disney has, give it to me. You know what they would do to me? They would say, you've lost your mind. We would never give you that kind of power, ever. Yeah. Are you nuts? Nobody in the United States of America could have possibly received approval with the unbridled power that Disney had in that district. And I've only done maybe 80 to 100 of these. So I'm familiar with it. There's no, I wouldn't even ask. I wouldn't even know what, how to ask for it. Tell us about specifically, because Florida has just taken a place with the American imagination. I've been saying Florida's become America. 
And a lot of people think this is where America is. Uh, what America was is is now Florida. Tell us yeah. about doing business in Florida as much as you'd want. Your plans or things you're done or doing and, and why it's relatively so easy. Maybe not relatively so easy. Why it's absolutely so easy. It's not easy. What it is is well thought out. Okay. You know, Florida used to be thought of as a place where people retire. That's, that's where it was. I mean, that's most of its existence is retirees leave and come down there. It has recently become the, the, the bastion of families who work. Now, when you go to a state like, you know, Arizona, the biggest area is obviously the Phoenix metropolitan area. Go to Colorado, Denver metropolitan area. Every state's got a particular place. Florida has, this is back to Alexis Tocqueville in, in the 1800s. It's got so many different places. It's not one ubiquitous state. There's Jacksonville, Orlando, um, Tampa, Naples. I mean, there's all these places, Sarasota. Uh, there's the Panhandle. There's so many markets. It's, it's, it's like it's impossible to really know all of them at, at, at once. Not impossible, very difficult. And every one of them has their own set of regulatory environments that you have to work through and work with. You still have water issues. You still have sewer capacity. You still have, you know, the, uh, the hurricanes that come in. How are you going to construct new homes so people have a better product and a better, more security and safety for their home? You know, it, it, the climate is very, very um, circumspect and, uh, and unknown. So you have to build to those standards. It's not just easy. What you experience is most of the jurisdictions want to help you succeed as opposed to stop wow. you from wow. coming. And that's the difference. I mean, there are states where they want to prevent you from coming, or they might as well be preventing you from coming because of the obstacles they put up. Is that right? Correct. It is purposeful. And this goes back to the most extreme liberals who want population declines in this world. They don't want people, nor do they want them where they want to go. And and I can't argue with it uh, because they're not going to listen to me. But they, they used to hide that ideology. Now they come out and say it and write about it and publish books about it. And they're very proud of it. Very proud. Even uh, Professor Ehrlich in Stanford, who in the late 60s wrote The Population oh, yeah. Bomb. Yeah, The Population Bomb, there's almost nothing in it that was true. And yet still today, he defends... His position in his 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 book and his work, saying it's not doesn't matter that I was wrong. What matters is I created the discussion and I was the one who began this 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 discussion as to the problem with the environment and 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 population and other and food supplies. Now I don't know of a bigger narcissist than Professor Ehrlich. <laughs> if I were ever uh, interviewing a kid who graduated from Stanford, the first question I'd ask him is, are you f f familiar with Professor Ehrlich? And if you're not, go read it, come back, and then tell me, what do you think? And if he supported it, I'd say, I have no interest in your, in, in your curiosity because you have none. The point I was making about Florida being America, it's what, it's what Americans want. It's their idea of what America is and should be. And the other side is true, too. The America that has it has become in, if I can use this grammatically, in Illinois and New York and California is not the America Americans want. And that's why they're You're leaving. Right. You are right. And COVID accelerated. This process has been going on for more than 20, 25 years on a smaller scale. COVID accelerated this. Almost everybody I talked to when I was traveling, when I traveled in Texas and Florida, I don't even ask them. They tell me. You know, I used to live somewhere else, but my wife and I or my girlfriend and I or me and whatever, we couldn't, we weren't willing to live that way anymore. 
I wasn't willing yeah. to live that way anymore. So I came here. I have a job. I can afford my home. The people here are all industrious. It's, they're not talking about politics. They're talking about a desire to improve their future. And, right. and this, is, this right. is the theme that I hear everywhere in these places where people go. It is, a, it is an inviting place where they can pursue their future, live their dreams, and have something safe and secure and healthy. By the way, people are not interested in being unhealthy. They're not interested in you know, spoiling the environment. They're just right. interested in having a, an opportunity. Listening to what you're saying, I'm listening closely. It seems to me one of the ads they ought to put up in Florida, not like they need them, but is, hey, I, despite what you've heard, you don't have to be old to come to Florida. <laughs> That's exactly. Those aren't the people moving to Florida. You're exactly right. That's funny. It's young people. It's with families, right? We're talking here not just about a house and a good price. We're talking about an aspiration. Yes. Or we're talking about the American dream in its latest form. Yes. I was also unaware, or I was reminded very recently, that during COVID up in uh, Virginia and D.C. area and, and, and the like, the parks were, were locked down. Um, they were guarded by National Guard with Humvees. And if, you, if, a, if a wife brought their kids, their small children to the park, they would be met with these people to say, you're not authorized and allowed to be in this park. And it finally got to a point where people just threw their hands up and said, I'm not living like this. And they were going to go anywhere that didn't allow that. Florida was one of the states that was open. Now, we thought that that was over. But recently, we have the most one of the healthiest people, the greatest tennis player maybe in history, Djokovic. Can't come to the United States to play, as Bill Maher uh, observed. He's healthy. He's in an open area by himself around no one in a country where most everyone has had COVID. And yet we're still telling him he cannot play. He said our country has lost its mind. A reminder for everybody, we've been talking a lot about China with our friend Brian Kennedy and with others. And we'll have other guests coming up talk about China. It is the most significant world presence for the United States to be concerned about, worried about, fearful about, aggressive about. I just want to say stay current on the threat posed by China with our friends at Committee on the Present Danger, China. Go to presentdangerchina.org, presentdangerchina.org. All right, that does it for today's show. To catch up on previous episodes of the show, go to thebillbennettshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter, that William J. Bennett, and you can like me. Where do you like me, Claude? Well, I mean, people can like you in person, but also virtually. You just go to Facebook, search Bill Bennett, and they can like you there to follow uh, you on social media to get updates on all the shows and, and uh, things like that. Feel free to email the show. I'd love to hear from you. And it's BillBennettPodcast at gmail.com. Please share the podcast with your family and friends. We will catch up next week.